0: And now, weighing in, out of the blue corner, John the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in, in from the red corner, Big John McCombie. Well, I'm getting bigger and bigger because of the size of the jackets I have to wear to keep from freezing my ass off doing this podcast where I'm at. But I love it. And it is cold as a sumbitch in tennessee and i know it's cold in texas oh, so yeah. that that i'm telling you right now that makes my oh. heart go pitter patter i'm all happy
1: it's supposed to <laughs> snow tonight we'll see oh shit oh dude snow yeah, it's to that's snow all tonight. i've had dave are you getting snow down by you it says? uh you don't, you don't no know
0: yet? no we
1: don't we don't have Yeah, it's, it's saying that it's supposed to snow up here so we'll see i mean we'll just get like a little <laughs> flurry we'll find out yeah. but you know when they when it snows around here man they just shut everything off
0: Oh, I know. It's crazy. I'm
1: like, come on, guys. People
0: lose their minds when it snows. Just get it together. Let's go. Come on.
1: Y'all got trucks around here. Figure it out. (laughs) No, but have have
0: you not seen some of these? I mean, it's hysterical to watch some of these people. It's like, hey, when it snows and it gets kind of sleety and then it gets really cold and freezes up, you can't park your vehicle (laughs) on a hill. Okay. And if you're going to turn the wheels towards the curb and you see these people, it's like, yeah. No. Well, what did you expect, man? As you're watching their vehicle go down mm-hmm. the street in park, it's like, well, of course it's in park. It doesn't matter. The wheels don't need to turn. It's on
1: ice. You just gotta park it there before it starts to do all that stuff. And then don't so move it. True. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. There you go. Ah, uh, John, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, some good, some bad. I mean, it was the first pay-per-view of the year. And look, you and I were super excited about this pay-per-view. We were just glad that fighting was back. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Um you know, we had a lot of different um, ideas on how this card would go. Now, let me just ask you this. Was it because we were deprived of fights for so long that we were so
0: excited for this card? Yes and no, because I thought, I'm going to be honest, I thought the first show of the year, you know, that was headlined by Ankaliev and Walker, I thought those fights I mean they delivered. They were good. They were exciting. They they were competitive. They had people back and forth. I'm going to tell you I'm being honest. Look, I paid $87. I want my money back. <laughs> it sucked. I mean, I I pay for every pay-per-view there is and I always expect the pay-per-views to be just a little bit better, just a little bit more special. And I honestly thought that this one had the potential. But for the most part, you know, people just did not fight well there was just nothing it just not it was like sometimes it almost seemed like no no emotion in the fights you know the people wanted to win something. it was almost like they were they were Fighting not to yeah. lose. No, no. I, that's
1: exactly what I saw. We talked about this last week. Uh, before we get going, though, guys, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button here on our channel. You guys hit that subscribe button. Hit the little bell notification. I want to remind you guys that we are doing something different for our shows. And I know I just cut John off, but I got to make sure we, we talk about this. Cut away. Some of you guys are in that comment section going, hey, man, I saw you guys. Where's the other stuff? What do you mean where's the other stuff? I've told you guys for three weeks now where the other stuff is. The other stuff's where we yes, put it. Yes, it's right, it's on the channel. Some of you guys thought we were we were just taking clips from this channel now or just from this show and then cutting it up so you guys can watch the full thing. No, no, no. We're breaking up the news as it comes along. We're trying to drop it as the week goes on. If you guys haven't noticed, we dropped Gilbert Burns. He was on we dropped him on Saturday morning, right before the pay-per-view. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out um that's a great interview that we did with him he is absolutely amazing one of the nicest guys i was scheduled to fight him at one time i ended getting hurt and um we could have fight Thank but God. he was he was a he is a fantastic fighter he's such a nice yeah. guy and just seeing him around at bellator events and other events i knew that like he's somebody that like hey if i walked up to him and just say hey, you know we'd love to get you on the show that he would be someone that would love to do it and he's an absolute amazing interview. So if you guys haven't checked that out, check that out. That was dropped on Saturday. Also, all the new stuff, we're going to drop those in separate clips as the week goes on. There's a lot to talk about, but the fight cards will be its own show. And then the news clips will be their own clips available on our main channel. Okay. So, and then we will start doing small shorts and things like that on our clips channel, but all that stuff will be available now. So hit that thumbs up. Also, hit that little bell and notifications so you guys know when we drop a show pretty much almost every day or every other day, depending on the news cycle for that week. All right, just want to get you guys informed so you guys are not just hoping to watch all the news and hey, how come I missed this? Why didn't you guys talk about that? Well, it's on the channel. You guys got to subscribe to it. That's one thing first. And then second is hit the little bell. And when you guys hit that bell, it'll send you guys a notification on when we drop the show. It could be at two in the morning. It could be at six in the morning. Depends on what time time zone you're in. So you guys hit that little bell, hit the thumbs up. I want to thank you guys so much. I saw a lot of people in the comments saying how much they liked the new format in which we're doing. The first week was a little rough because everyone's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. But then now they're understanding what we're Changed. doing.
0: Yeah. Change is so hard. Yeah.
1: Now they're understanding what we're doing. And they're like, you know what? This is pretty cool. I get a new thing every day and it lasts about 18 and Sometimes I get two in one day. So I get, you know, another 45 minutes of a show, you know, and look what I've, I think also with John and I, with the, with the help of podcast, Dave. What we've done, though, too, is that when we do a two-hour-long show, we notice towards the end, we start to kind of get a little bit like, okay, this is not really that big of a topic. Let's see. No, no, no. But when we film them separately. We actually go hard in on the paint on them, or we know We bring a lot more light to it. It's more of a focus for us. To... There's more focus on that subject. Exactly. So, you guys, and that's good. again, hit that subscribe button on all areas. Hit the little bell notifications. Thank you guys so much. But, look, to go right into this uh, Sean Circlin fight. John, you talked about that. You said just a second ago that it was almost like a lot of the fighters were fighting not to lose. Yep. But remember when I said what about two weeks ago or a week ago that when you have fighters that are in that top five, top top three, they are sometimes fighting just to keep their ranking. They are not fighting to get to the next level. They're not fighting to get to that championship level. Sometimes they start fighting safe. Look, the reason why I say that it's because I did it a couple times in my career where I found myself circling, staying away, just touch, touch, almost playing tag and not taking any chances, which is what got me to the dance, which is what got Boom. me in that top five. I, there you I go. don't want to toot my own horn, but look, for a majority of my career, I was ranked in the top 10 in the world. Top 10. And then several times in my career, I was ranked number one in the world back when the UFC. Oh, for,
0: I'm going to just say for, for close to 20 yes. years. You were in the top. Exactly. Ten. So like I'm saying, it's pretty fucking So impressive. I'm not
1: trying to toot my own horn. I'm just simply saying that. I'm I, tooting your thank horn. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Toot, toot. But
1: in moments though, and throughout my career, and that's what people don't understand. Like it's a rocky career, very emotional. It, it, there's emotions in training. There's emotions in the fights. There's emotion with the results of the fights, but you also start realizing like what worked for one fighter you thought will work for the next. And I'll give you guys an example. My fight with Nate Diaz, I was very outside Struck, waited for him to commit, and then I outstruck or would use my speed to my advantage. Then I ended up having to fight Bobby Green. I thought I could take that same type of format with Bobby Green. Well, guess what? He was just as fast or a little bit faster than me, but a different style, too, of which I had to worry about wrestling. And that, that style doesn't work with him. And so I found myself going, okay, what am I doing? Why am I fighting this way? And just in concern about, okay, I'm ranked number five or number six now or number seven, whatever it is. Like, there's things that fighters start to question. Are you fighting to keep your ranking? Are you fighting to win? Are you fighting the way that got you there to be successful? Are you just fighting to keep that ranking so you keep yourself in the conversation, in the news media? And I saw a lot of that on this card, was fighters just trying to keep their ranking so they remain relevant in the news cycle.
0: Absolutely. yeah, you can... Well, let's let's just go right into you know the main event being Sean Strickland, the middleweight champion, taking on DDP. You look at this fight and look, they fought. I'm not I'm not going to sit there and say they didn't. They 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 both fought and they both fought hard. It's just the way they fought made it to where it was not that fight where you had moments that you were like, oh my god, look at what's happening and things, you had momentum shifts and changes. The momentum really didn't shift all that much. If you were going to look for the the biggest shifts of momentum was really the takedowns that Duplessis was able to get, but he wasn't able to do a damn thing with any of them. And Strickland always got back to his feet. It was a moment that Duplessis had the opportunity to do something but it always slipped by because he wasn't able to keep Strickland in there. It was almost like a waste of time in the fight. There wasn't that action going on. I also thought that, you know, when you looked at it, both guys really ended up with a respect for, the, for their opponent. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. That is what happens when you fight somebody that's good. Duplessis thought that he could run through Sean Strickland, I think. And he realized right away, oh, my God. No, he's a lot faster with his jab. It's a lot stiffer than I thought. He's a lot more difficult to reach out and touch, and I have to open up and put myself into danger to try to get those things done. I think in reverse, Sean Strickland had that where he looked at Duplessis and thought, he's open, I'm just going to keep hitting him with straight shots, and it's going to end up hurting him to the point he breaks down and I take over the fight, and it was, he learned. If there's one thing that you've got to give DDP, you have got to give him credit of, he has got a chin. He is tough as hell. He will walk through the storm to try to deliver what he does. He's open to be hit. And eventually, usually, when we have a fighter like that, somewhere, it's going to go away. It's going to end up being where he loses that ability to take those shots that he can now take. But Like he can take shots and he's you know, he reminds me of Chuck Liddell in the fact that he's got a he's got a granite chin, man, because he took some big shots and never really faltered as far as being hurt. This whole fight, you know, when they sit there and they go back and forth about you know who won, who lost. I'm gonna be honest, I had Strickland winning the fight. Yeah. Okay. But the entire fight was based off of volume because there was never a point where, you know, and well, I'll get into the whole thing with Dominic Cruz and his, his, his illusion of damage. <laughs> but, you know, a cut is a one punch thing. That's all the judges are giving credit for unless it gets worse which Sean's did, but it was off of a headbutt, a clash ahead. So, you know, you don't give it any, any, you know, any thought as far as that, but you take a look. And I thought that overall Strickland had more volume. He, he threw more shots. He landed more shots. The jab was his most effective tool throughout. It absolutely did damage to the left side of Duplessis' face, which is, you know, because Duplessis kept turning his head that way. But it's a, vol- it's a volume count. I never saw Duplessis do something that I thought really hurt Sean. I never saw anything that I thought Sean really hurt DDP. It was a back-and-forth volume match. Was it exciting? i was entertained but it wasn't the fight that i wanted mm-hmm. i wanted both of them to go to the center and just start going after it because yeah. of that whole build up and everything and they both had too much respect for their opponent they realized that they were fighting something good and they had to fight a smart and tactical fight and they both did i agree with you um the problem that i saw from this fight look look the,
1: to me the fight i was entertained it was back and yeah. forth there was moments and i look for me it was more the entertainment of these guys are pretty much evenly matched. And what I saw also was that they are very, they have a lot of respect for one another. And they if they didn't have it, they found it in the first two and a half minutes of that fight. Drickus realized he wasn't going to be able just to just walk down uh, Sean and hit him with big shots because he was slightly out of range and making him miss. And then Sean realized that when he did catch him a little bit, even over the hands, there was probably a little bit more power than he thought. Okay, this guy's got more power than I expected. He's got clubbing type power. Not really like knock me out power, but it was more like clubbing, knocking me off balance. Yeah, thud. Knocking me off balance, keep making me lose my rhythm. What happens in that type of fight though, John, and I was saying this on Twitter yesterday, is what happens is you have two fighters that are fighting. They're not fighting the way they normally fight. And so Dave just did a marathon today. Let's give him a hand, by the way. A half marathon. Very nicely done. Half marathon for podcast. Hour and day. what, Dave? What'd you run it in?
0: Hour and 30? Uh, yeah, and hour 27.
1: Hour 27. Very impressive, my man. Very good. John. So look, in running that, Dave can maybe contest, attest to this, because I'm, I'm very similar to this way, is when I run, don't talk to me. Just run alongside me if you can't keep up. And, and when we're running, I just want to run at a normal. I want to run at my pace. When I try to run at somebody else's pace that's running with me, it makes me more tired. No matter
0: if it's slower or especially
1: faster. if it's slower. My body's just not built to go that <laughs> slow, you know And especially like if I was to run next to you, I just couldn't do it. I'd be just destroyed. It would just kill me. Um, but, <laughs> but the thing is, when you have two fighters, like Sean Strickland is a pressure fighter, he got out of his rhythm last night. He was put on his back foot and made him feel uncomfortable. He thought he'd be able to outstrike him. You know, basically make him miss, make him pay. And Drakus was afraid of getting countered because he realized Sean was always right outside the realm. So he didn't just walk him down trying to land the big shots. Sean was always right outside of the distance. And Drikas realized he was leaving himself wide open. And Sean was able to capitalize sometimes. But then also when Drikus did land, even over the arms, even on the body, whatever it was, it knocked Sean off balance, which ruins your rhythm on your counter-striking. So it was a combination of the two things, which is why we didn't get the best fight out of either one because they weren't fighting their normal style. Sean Strickland with Izzy was able to walk him down and make him miss or stay right outside of range and then try to touch him back. And the most effective thing in the Izzy fight, as well as with this fight, was the jab. I gave it to Sean Strickland because of the jab. So I was like, oh, all he did was land jab. This is an MMA fight. I don't give a crap. That's the thing that did the most damage. That's the thing that landed Absolutely. the most in if I do the and I'm not I'm not someone that does punch stats, but when I'm looking at this, like that jab was the most effective weapon in the whole fight. Most of, most effective tool throughout the entire fight for, for both, both fighters. fighters. And in that being said, I gave it to Sean. I had Sean running rounds one, two, and five. I had him losing rounds exactly what I had. I had him losing rounds three and four. And, be, and, it, and it looked like that Sean got tired in round three and four, trying to fight that style of fight, letting Drickus push him around. Whereas Sean yeah, no was usually well, the guy doing you the pushing.
0: Can, you could hear it from, you know, Coach Nixick, yep. you know, end of round four, he says, man, I, I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing in that round. I don't, I don't like what we're doing. We need to get back. And, and Eric was doing the exact thing that you need to do with someone like Sean Strickland is straightforward in his face, telling him, Hey, Knock that shit off. That is not who we are. That is not the way we're going to win this fight. I need you to do this. It's the right way to... That's not for every fighter. Sean Strickland, that's exactly... And Strickland went out for the most part in the fifth round. And I thought Duplessis fought a good good round too. He was going after him. But you take a look at it, Strickland was able to change those little things that were upsetting him in that third and fourth round. And he was able to pull things back and he landed the cleaner, crisper shots in the round and I gave him the round but it was I I have no problem with the fact that DDP no. won the fight it was close no, it wasn't a it was robbery a... at all oh my no. god I start to hear that stupid word of robbery yeah. it was close it was a close fight and it's really a, it's really dependent upon what is it that you are looking at that you're giving credit to and obviously the you know the judges that you know the two that gave it to uh, Duplessis, they were giving it to the big moments of the big swinging shots, and they thought that that had more effect and more impact in the fight.
1: Okay. Yeah, to go, touch back on what you just said about corners with the Eric Nixick telling him exactly, hey, I don't like that fight. Look, fighters, have this conversation with your corners. Tell them not to lie to you. Oh, my God.
0: I heard, we'll talk about that.
1: I, I, I heard a lot of lies, and maybe it's what the coaches <laughs> biasness was watching as their cornering them, but if you don't know if the round was close just say it was don't a close it. round just say yeah, don't it. say we won don't say we won like it just i saw that too many times that it, and then not just this last night but i mean i heard it again last night several times like oh yeah, yeah that was our round or no it was not it was such a close round it could have went either way and i just fighters have that conversation with your corners if you guys want to save opportunities and chances of you having a chance to win the fight tell your coaches and corners to be honest with you the best way is to make sure they're honest with you because then you know what you got to do you got to bite down on the mouthpiece sometimes and get after it or you don't um overall though like i said like it was there was a lot of this fight that was left to be desired there was so much more we expected out of it we wanted more out of this fight we expected more out of this fight but like i said the two of them have about two and a half minutes you could tell the look on Drukus' face was like, oh, wow. I'm not. He's not just a stupid country boy in front of me that I'm going to hit, okay, that talks this way and this and that. He's out of my range. I'm reaching. I'm lunging in. And he's countering me and hitting me. And when he and does. When I miss, I'm getting hit. And when I do miss, I'm getting hit. And his jab. And he even said in the interview, his jab was way better than I thought. And it was a lot harder than I thought. He said that in his post-fight interview. And with Sean. Yeah. Sean just, I think, because of the style in which he fought, it was hard for him to get back on the roller coaster or on the ride and start pushing it forward. He was too busy on the in the caboose, basically just waiting it and circling around, waiting for Drickus to slow down. Like I thought that Drickus was going to do. We did this. We did the the midweek show. We did. I said, man, Drickus in the after the rounds two and a half, two two and a half. I think he's going to be a little bit too tired, and he's not going to be the same fighter. And Sean's going to be able to touch him and piece him up. I was yep. wrong. 100% I was wrong. And I can admit when I was wrong, I expected a different fight. I thought it was a good fight. I was entertained. But I was more in the inter- entertainment business in terms of I was entertained by the fact that, shit, that was a close round. Who won that? That entertained me because, oh, yeah. And I started, counting my, I started catching myself, John, in rounds uh, four and five, counting the strikes. Going, okay, he's landed one. Okay, he's got one. I, was, I, I wasn't one. counting one, two, three, four. I was counting. That was a hard one. Oh, he got him back yeah. there. Those are things that I saw. And I was like, oh, sh- this, this, has the hardest shot. He's got, he's got two harder shots versus his one. That's what I started looking at an account. I'm like, these are, these rounds are so close. But at the end I had it first two rounds to Sean and the fifth round to Sean that gave Sean the fight.
0: That's exactly how I had it. But I can understand if someone said, oh, I, I gave the second round to Duplessis and this is the reasons why. Okay. Yeah, you, you cannot give him the first and you cannot give him the third, the fifth, in my opinion. The third and the fourth, I thought, were absolutely his. But uh, as we look at the cards, you know, every judge gave the first round, <laughs> excuse me, to Strickland, mm-hmm. which they should. In this one, every round gave the second round to DuPlessis. And this is where I look at it as different. He did better yeah. in that round. He did. But he didn't do enough to win the round. He didn't. He didn't land enough to win the round, you know. And sometimes we'll get into that, well, he did better. It's not if he did better. Did he do good enough to actually win the round? That's what we're looking for. But, you know, obviously, you know, every round, every every one, every, uh, judge went with the fifth round going to Strickland also. And it is that, you know, middle ground, Sal D'Amato gave Strickland the third round. That's where he came up with his uh, rounds for a... Uh, giving the fight to strickland the other two Derek, uh, eric Derek cleary and eric cologne they had their scores are exactly the same throughout so look it was a close fight yeah. and it was it was a fight where i could see you going either way but th- there is nothing to complain about in this as far as you know who won or anything like that
1: it was a close fight do we see izzy and Drickus at 300 i remember i had i broke that kind of little bit of a news say i that. did say that I thought if Drickus won, we would see Izzy and Drickus at 300 for the main event.
0: And I think the real question is going to be, how damaged is DDP from this fight? How damaged are, you know, his hands? Does he have any other things that are outside that we don't know about that he's got a problem with? If he's not damaged from the fight, I think there's a good possibility that that fight will be on that card. It's already a great card when you look at it. I mean, it's already, you sit there and you go, yeah, we're going to we we need to add something more to it. Okay.
1: Calm down, guys. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we've gotten so accustomed to UFC 100, UFC 200 and all these other things, sure. right? Like they're expecting something to happen, something to go on and look, the bottom line is that card is a stacked card. We 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 are extremely happy to have that. I'm extremely happy to have, have that card. I think it's a f- And it can
0: still fall apart. It could. There's Must some fights that could fall off. UFC 100 nothing really fell apart UFC 200 everything fell apart let's be honest Daniel Cormier was supposed to fight John Jones Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be the main event of that show because I I know because I was going to be the referee of that fight that one got canceled because of John's you know having uh testing issues and ends up Daniel Cormier, they, they last-minute bring in Anderson Silva to fight you know, Dan Cormier, but that wasn't the main event. They, they switched the main event to Misha Tate against Amanda Nunez. That's when Amanda Nunez took the title. Hmm.
1: Um, where do you – so I, I think I think we may potentially see DDP versus Izzy at UFC 300. I think that would be the last fight that is added. I think – I, think I, I talk, like I said, I talked about that probably about a week and a half, two weeks ago i think that's happening
0: and but look at look at look at that card right it's now. stacked i mean it's it's pretty freaking incredible mm, yeah. <laughs> look yeah. at
1: just it. an interesting note is on the website it still says tbd versus tbd as the main event so obviously i mean yeah. not that's obvious but i'm just yeah. saying that like
0: there's, there's some there's clearly something good coming
1: yeah that is true you've got uh waley and uh <sighs> Jan who are both supposed to be the main event uh at 300 and it says tbd tbd so it depends. guarantee the, that ain't gonna be yeah i was kind of wondering I'm like okay but then look th- what what they did do is they stacked the underneath it so good that i could understand if it is the main it doesn't matter i'm gonna watch all of them anyways but i do i do get what you're saying mm-hmm. i think i do think it's gonna be something else is gonna slide in there as the main event it does it's, it's not i think they're gonna end up being the co-main because it is a title shot but uh man i'm looking forward to the uh sean brady and luke K fight After having um, Gilbert Burns on and just understanding that Sean Brady is very similar to Gilbert Burns and Gilbert Burns uh, being one of Luke's training partners, I'd like to see how that fight all works out. And then you got Logan Story helping Luke with his wrestling and takedown defense. I mean, those two guys are both built like Sean Brady, but Sean Brady feeling comp, man, it's a great fight. That's a great fight. I'm not going to ramble on too much.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Ah, co-main event. Ah, Raquel Pennington going out there against – Myra Buena Silva, you know, you talk about the, the tale of two tapes and, the, and the, the difference of, you know, what rounds will do. Let's be honest. Silva went out and she won the first two rounds. Maybe, maybe not the second. Definitely won the first. Second one, hey, you can say Raquel. Raquel came back and did some good work. But Raquel took over from that point and just kept on doing what she did best. And that was the thing that won her that fight was her dirty boxing her clinch work inside, throwing body shots, wearing her down. You know, everyone can sit there and say what they want. It was all that work she did in the clinch where I think Silva thought she was going to be better, where Raquel Pennington really took over in the fight. The body shots, the uppercuts, it just started to wear out Silva. Silva didn't have an answer for him, and Raquel Pennington just started to walk away with that fight. She ends up becoming the Bantamweight champion. But I'm just gonna say it boring fight.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't, it was definitely not exciting.
0: Um, <clears throat> no, and, and I want to say it wasn't a boring fight based upon I thought like I thought I thought Raquel did good, but when there were moments where she you could take a look at Silva and say, she's breaking. And Raquel, all you gotta do is you gotta up the ante. Raquel. Get out of the mount with your arm triangle, and take it to the side. Drop your hips down. Raquel, do the. No, she played it safe. She played position. She played it safe. She was still winning, but that's the difference between making it, and a fight that you go. That was a great fight, and one where you go, it just became boring because it was there were no chances taken.
1: I'm going to blame a little bit of the Neil Magny and Mike Malott fight on the Raquel, Raquel Pennington and uh, Bueno Silva fight being boring because I wouldn't, I, I'm going to blame what? that fight. You want to know why? Because rappel, Raquel Pennington, like you just said, had dominant top positions, and Mike Malott took those chances, got reversed, and got finished in the third round. She's in the fifth round or whatever in Mount going, four, two and a half more minutes, and I'm the champ. She's not doing shit to leave that position, John. And she just as she's ready to walk out, she watches Mike Malott lose in his home country in front of all of his fans and the opportunity to be the new star for Canada. Gone. The whole thing is gone now. And Raquel Penny is going like, nah, I just learned my lesson right there. I'm not doing anything. But I will say this, though. When your coach in your corner is being honest with you, like Raquel Pennington's coach was, do what he says. Throw your damn hands. Stop clinching her. And if you do clinch, dirty box and stop hanging on her. Just get after her. Let your make space, throw the combinations, cover the space again. He was couldn't stop yelling at her and telling her in the corner, what are you doing? Believe in your hands. Believe in your hands. You've got, yeah. yeah. You've got, and,
0: and and to be honest, she had the better hands. Oh, she, you could absolutely tell by the end of the first round, her shots were having a bigger effect when they landed than Silva's. John, you better
1: have better shots if your fucking name and nickname is Rocky. You better have the better <laughs> shots. You better have the better boxing. You better have better effect in, in, with your hands landing. And that's exactly what we saw. She just didn't believe in it until towards the end. When she was like, Okay, I, I've kind of got this Not until
0: the fourth yeah. round. Fourth round, you could tell in her mind, Oh, I got this. This is my, but
1: even then, she was still hesitant, like in terms of she was still punching her way into the clinch and then hanging and, and putting herself in jeopardy. Because had she got taken down and put on bottom, she may have lost that round and could have lost everything. She should have kept making the space, Prince uh, press the fight with the combinations, press the fighter to the fence couple deep breaths, make your space, let the hands go again, and then press yourself back in. I just, I didn't see that from her. She's going to have to make some tweaks and some adjustments, but she has been gone for a while. She hasn't been an active fighter because of injuries and all the other stuff going on in her life. And I just had this feeling that, you know, when I, we were talking about her, she's more focused. She seems more driven. She seems like she understands where her life is headed now. When you're younger and you're a fighter and you're you're not married yet, you don't have kids yet, like all those things. You don't give a crap. You're like, oh, I'm living the life. I'm living the dream. I get to travel to Vegas, watch UFCs. I get to go here and go there. Like, you don't have a care in the world. Luke Rockholt's still living that life at 40 years old. Doesn't care. <laughs> okay? But, but this young lady and, and Raquel Pennington, she's got more of a focus. And I think that that really made a difference. She understood all the things that were at stake when she was in Mount being boring, but she was making sure that she won the title. This moves her into yeah. championship money, John. You know, and that is a big difference between what she made in this fight. Championship money will always be a lot more money. So the opportunity to make that championship money and maybe potentially set yourself to be the champ again and defend it again—I can't knock her for it. I really can't. There's so much pressure to win that title, so much. And Bueno Silva let all the uh, emotions, all that stuff, almost like the adrenaline dump hit her halfway through round one, or. Halfway through round two. Two. Yeah, it was round two. It started hitting her then. She had flashes in rounds three, four, and five, but it was for the first minute, first 45 seconds of each round. After that, it was done. She was done. So, I agree. It wasn't the most exciting fight, but I got to make sure that I'm not knocking the females. I just, both of them, one lost cardio, and the other one should have done more to get her out of there.
0: Well, let, let me ask you this. In your opinion, knowing what you know, were didn't did not did Rochelle not have those moments and the chances to finish that fight? Absolutely especially in the ground and pound There was moments That's what I'm saying yes, especially in the ground it's and like, pound It's like all you had to do is go step on the gas and go You had her mentally you had her Yeah you had her beaten down and she wasn't going to submit to a mounted, you know, arm triangle choke. Okay, most people won't because there is that ability to just it's tight, you can feel it, there's pressure, but you can you can breathe and the blood is not being completely shut off. So you you can survive. You know, you just gotta tell yourself, just relax, just relax, just relax. You know that. But if I take and I take the chance and I go off to the side and I create an angle and I drop my hips down, guess what happens to the choke? All of a sudden, it becomes the point where you can't survive it if it's put on, right? And you will eventually go out if, you know, you decide not to tap. And I, I just look at it. She had that. She had it. And those types of finishes speak volumes about your yep. career.
1: No, the, I'm going to go back to, <clears throat> I just taught a jiu-jitsu class here in uh, where I live in Texas the other day. And some of the police officers in the in the town that I live in, they were there. And just explain to them that one of the hot the highest or sorry the highest success with the lowest risk is the arm triangle. This is something Absolutely. you guys there 's no real risk if you lose it, you can go to their back if you lose it, you can go right back to mount there 's really no. no risk in getting in getting to the side choke. She kept trying to hit it from mount. You know what the risk is hitting it from mount because if they bridge into you now you 're in their if guard you're right over if you 're in the side right. control or if you 're one in half guard pretty much and hanging off onto that side there 's really no risk. You, if they start to roll away, you can put your, your near side hook in. You can start looking to choke them. You can go right to almost like a rear naked side choke. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's the, like I said, it's the, it's low, uh, low risk, high results, high, high success in that area. Like it's just one of those things that you've got to stay focused on. And with her, she was too high. It wasn't just that her hips were down. They weren't down. That She was too high. She needed to slide her whole body back and reestablish position there and basically slide back up, put the crown of her head to the crown of Bueno Silva's head, and then slowly just start to squeeze. Tuck the elbow up underneath your body and squeeze in tight. I think she would. And it's not even a no. – it's,
0: it's a matter of it's, – it's a drive. Yeah. It's, it is a squeeze, but it's a drive forward into her. It's there for yeah. you. I, I just looked at it. That was the moment I was like, you're blowing. Yeah. And I'm not saying it. She won the championship. Congratulations. Love her. Great that her and, you know, Tisha with the, the baby and everything. <laughs> so it's cute. a crowning moment. Loved it. But she could have gotten the finish. I think.
1: Well, John, real quick, Juliana Pena waiting around. It's going to probably be next, I think. I mean, if she can come back from oh, injury yeah. and be healthy. But that's a big time That's a big time fight. I think on the feet, Rocky has a good chance of knocking her out. But on the ground, it's yep. night but and day. But on the ground, look out. Night and day. Plus, yep. not only just night and day on the, on on the ground, but also just cardio-wise, night and day. Raquel Pennington needs to hire a nutritionist. That's one. Two is she needs to hire someone to actually run her conditioning, not yourself, not a jiu-jitsu coach, not a, not your boxing coach, a real conditioning coach. If you want to be the champion for a long time, you need to step your game up. The levels of which the game changed in the sport of MMA was when Frank Shamrock found a way to do cardio with Marie Smith and Javier Mendez. And the way that he weaponized his cardio, it changed the game of MMA changed it. those guys he he made a huge difference in the sport and then everyone from then on just started getting better getting better in terms of their conditioning their cardio Raquel Pennington she needs that if she wants to stay champion for a long time before we move on you guys go to onlyfans.com slash weighing in onlyfans.com slash weighing in as you guys can see right over my right shoulder here yeah, got me a little neon light. Yeah, that's right. But look, I saw that, man. Uh, so I went online. The OF King. Yeah, the OF King, baby. I'm the OF King. I, I was going to do a live last night on, on our OnlyFans. And then as I started, why we started reading all the, the comments, people were like, I don't even want to talk about this fight. I don't want to hear it. Like they're like, the fight card sucked. I was like, look, I'm not going to go on OF right now. Uh, but we, I will be doing some live shows this week on OF and, uh, tune in, but you guys, you guys can only, See the live shows when you guys subscribe to us over there. It is free. I'm not asking for any money. We're just going to talk about some stuff that I like to say that I want to talk about. That it's just something we don't talk about on the show. I don't want to get, it'll be a little bit more personal, be a little bit more in depth in like some of the fight stuff, but um, there's a lot to talk about. Like Dana White had some very serious talks or some very serious uh, comments about Sean Strickland and his uh, freedom of speech. And those are things that I would like to go ahead and talk about and reach out to. And if you guys want to follow me along on the live situation over there, you guys can. It'll be later this week. And uh, I want to see what else comes about from it, you know, Monday or Tuesday. But uh, definitely we'll do a live show on OnlyFans.com slash Weighing In. And subscribe us there. It is free. Give us the rest of the card there, John. What do we got?
0: Boom. Well, we did have Neil Magny taking on the Canadian sensation in Mike Mallott. And all the talk all the stuff, the fact that he won the first two rounds fairly handily, fairly easily, and you take a look. This is what happens when you're fighting an experienced veteran that, yes, he's getting beat, but he just hangs in there and waits for that moment. And when that moment comes, Josh, they seize it. And that's exactly what Neil Magny did. And he pushed Mike Malott, even though he was losing, cardiovascularly like you're talking about a frank shamrock he's able to make that person work past what is comfortable that rpm you know the revolutions per minute that they're doing is just too high for them to maintain and then all of a sudden the body starts to just shut off and say nope can't go any farther makes a mistake because when you're exhausted mentally you make mistakes that's what happened to him lot and neil magni Took advantage of it, finished him off with you know ground and pound at the end, and it wasn't so much Neil Magny's ground and pound was vicious or anything like that. It was Mike Malott's body and conditioning gave out on him, and he lost based upon that. When you fight the way that Mike Malott fights, you can
1: expect maybe that to happen to continue to happen unless he remedies that situation. This is what we call being is this is what we call low fight IQ. Is that a lot of what he did? It involves strength, lifting, squeezing, taking down like he was lifting and taking. It was doing all the
0: things because he had done it so many times before in practice, in fights that it was successful. And so when I squeeze everyone taps, you know, you've seen those people and then all of a sudden you go, no,
1: no. The person you're going to be in there fighting with, they went through this. They went through a very similar camp that you went through. They put, their, they, put their, they put everything aside to get to this point, the same point you're at, which is inside that octagon or in that cage. And I think he thought, like, oh, when I start doing this, you're going to do this because that's what's always happened. And it didn't happen. Neil Magny is somebody not to toy around with and not to let linger around inside the cage. And that's exactly what Mike Mallott did. He let him still be there in rounds two and then into round three. And when you came down to someone like a Neil Magny, the last thing, the last thing you want to go doing on somebody of that reach, that range, that height, that length, all of those things is fucking leg locks, guys. Stop. That guy can stand over you and still hit you in the face as he's standing straight up. His body is built that way. And when you start, especially when you get tired. You're carrying someone's weight on top of you. Your hips have to be elevated. So you're having to push back on their weight. Your legs start to get tired. And once your legs go jello, leg locks and passing your guard is like a hot knife through butter. That's exactly what happened. As soon as he got tired on the leg lock situation, Mike, uh, Mike Malat just gave up, went flat, and Neil Magny passed it like a hot knife through butter and was over yep. from that moment on.
0: Over. You said it. it is exactly it you have got to maintain the, the way to, to make leg locks work is you've got to maintain someone's body position by you, the use of your legs, which means there's a squeeze and there's an extension that is all part of that. And when you're gassed, your legs go, you know, and when there is no extension, and there's no squeeze, look out because someone's coming your way and it's not going to be good. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, let's be honest. Neil Magny won. Let's be uh, 40 seconds for that fight.
1: (laughs) This is very true. Look, I I go back to the Frank Muir, Ian Freeman fight.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: and Frank Frank attacked on the leg locks and he held on to it, held on to it. But he kept thinking he was close, kept thinking he was close. And Ian Freeman was just hitting him, striking him, hitting him, striking him, making him carry his weight, fighting the hands. Never had the submission on fully tight. And in that position, in terms of with Mike Malott, he was rolling underneath, carrying more of his weight. He was putting the leg in the right. He was doing all the right things if you were a fresh fighter. But you weren't a fresh fighter. And so when it, then he started getting, hot, getting hit with big shots. And that zaps your energy like in a video game. It just starts dropping especially, down. Especially when you're already tired. Yeah, you're already tired. Then you're getting hit with big shots. And you're carrying the weight of your opponent. And then eventually your legs are just jello. You can't stop his pass his uh, guard pass, and he went right to mount and just destroyed him from there. Mike Malott had no answer for escaping the mount. None. He, he looked like Yo, a white I just got.
0: I got a, I'm impressed that you pulled out Frank yeah. Mir versus Ian <laughs> the Machine Freeman. What UFC was that? John, I have 36. You're very close. 35? 38. 30, okay.
1: I'm, uh, very good.
0: I'm, it was from England. John, I, you know what's funny, John? I'm very impressed.
1: I've been, good job. John, I've been taking these um these things called shrooms, <laughs> but they're they're offered by af Organics. It's like an all organic supplement company out of Hawaii, man. And they're they're absolutely they're in uh, Orange County and Hawaii, but they're absolutely amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I started doing something too a while back with uh, on it with Alpha Brain. Very good products. I think both of these. If you guys are not, yeah. if you guys start trying to use these type of products. Um, I've noticed that I'm getting a little bit more witty. I'm back on my game. I'm coming for come, you, John. I'm coming for you, buddy. Like, okay, you go, baby. <laughs> so, but no, it is. I thought it was 30, 35 or 36.
0: 38, 30, huh? 30, 38.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was signed right around that time because I went, I think I was at that fight or the one right. I think it was at that fight, actually, Ian Freeman and Frank Mir. Because I got,
0: that was, that was at the Royal Albert mm-hmm. Hall in London, England.
1: Because when did the UFC, when did uh, Lorenzo and Dana <clears throat> and all them take over? UFC 31, 32, 30. 30, okay? 30 so was their first I got show. signed UFC 32, I or no, I got signed at UFC thirty thirty one because I was at UFC 32 in uh, Miami. Uh, nope,
0: that, that was forty two. 42.
1: 42, sorry, different one. Okay, so 30 to 42. Maybe I'm not as, maybe I'm not as, New as good as I thought I was. <laughs> so much for the yeah, Shrooms. Yeah, so much for the Shrooms. Oh, son of a good. Yeah, but no, I got signed probably like a couple of shows. So right around 36, 37, somewhere around there is when I got signed yeah. by, by Dana.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's go next fight. All right, we had Chris Curtis taking on Mark Andre Barrio. <laughs> I, this one started a little slow, but I, I I appreciated the way, especially in the third round, the way both guys were fighting it. I thought Barrio was doing exactly what he needed to do to try to win the fight. I I thought I had Curtis up in the in the the scorecards, but I thought Barrio was really coming after him. And he was taking chances, and he was taking chances of getting knocked out because Mm -hmm. he had to do that, at least with two judges. One judge had him winning the fight, but it was a tough fight. It was a fight where I thought both guys were really giving everything that they had, especially in the third round, and that's all I can ask for. That's what I'm looking for in a fight is I'm looking for people that are stepping on the gas, they're throwing shots, they're taking chances, and all it's going to take is one. I thought... I thought uh, Chris Curtis did a great job of being accurate. And I think that was the biggest difference in the fight. His accuracy of landing his shots and being elusive, the way he blades his body caused Barrio to have problems in landing his. But it was a good battle back and forth. And I, I definitely thought Chris Curtis should have won the fight.
1: Yeah, I had Chris in the fight as well. I thought uh, Marc Andre just didn't do quite enough. And his his punches and kicks weren't landing at the at the uh impact that chris curtis's punches were landing yep um yeah either way like i agree with you it was one of those fights that was it was a little bit like a sparring match in the first round yeah. i really thought it was you know and it was more like a. You let know, me it was a
0: good feeling out process yeah.
1: Yeah. let me fill out how fast you are let me fill out how much pressure you're going to put on me let me fill out how how much power you have and um uh, they went back and forth a little bit in that first round but in the second and third round they opened up but i definitely had chris curtis won in the fight so, I expected more. Though. I expected more. I gotta be honest, this is one of those fights I expected more. I
0: expected more. more in that and this is the way that Marc Andre fought the third round. That's the way I've seen him fight his fights. Yep. And I thought if he had started off in the first round that way, might have been a little bit different in yeah. the end, you know, because he, he comes with a lot of pressure and it is his cardio that gives people a lot of problems because he is that, you mm-hmm. know, power bar they call him, and you know what? he puts it on people that way and the slow start and the feeling out process i think worked against him
1: yeah absolutely but then john i mean like we can go back through and say that sometimes that works that that same thing happens to other people and i'm going to be honest the next fight very similar arnold (sighs) allen go ahead this is what i said the week before and i said it again tonight when fighters are fighting a way to keep their position in the rankings versus just realizing what you Fight. are, what are you? Fight! You are the most yeah. dangerous damn fighter when you pull the trigger, but yet you're the fighter right now that is afraid to make a mistake. you 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 are. He's almost acting as if like he's a world class kickboxer that is is basically like doesn't want to feel embarrassed by getting hit. I've seen guys like this, guys that are so good that if you get hit by an amateur, it's almost like they don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got lucky. Or, oh, like, they feel like they have to ramp it up to another level to show that that was just fluke. Put your ego to the side, man. Bite down on your mouthpiece and let it fly. You are so damn good. He's so young. He's so good. He's got speed. He's got power. He is what the UFC is looking for. But, son, you just don't – you just – are putting it away I don't know where you're putting it right now I want to just reach you're, you're
0: flubbing the, you're duck, flubbing man. the duck my man you're flubbing the duck it drove me nuts to see him give look that at how away. The, this was exactly you know, I texted you before the yeah. fight what did I say Arnold Allen wins this unless he doesn't throw oh, man. and the first two rounds what did he do nothing he just wasn't throwing look at look at the way he fought the third round It was the same way he fought the fifth round of the Max Holloway. Son, go back and watch those two rounds. That's a guy that is hard to stop. That's a guy that can beat anybody. But you can't give away those first two rounds by allowing someone to control the pace of the fight, make you be hesitant, and you're waiting for a takedown. I mean, the Grammy roles and everything were fantastic as far as getting himself up and everything. Great job by Evaloff to stay with him in some of those. I was like, dude, that was hard. That was, that was difficult yeah. to stay with that role, and he stayed with him. Beautiful job. His wrestling is phenomenal to watch. But Arnold Allen needs to look at the way he's fighting those last rounds. Son, that's how, that's how that the first round's got to be for you. Here's the thing. Arnold Allen, like
1: if you listen to this show and if anyone ha- is friends with him and you guys can send him what I'm about to say, you are so good at takedown defense. Nope. This guy with uh, Evlov, if, he's really good at takedowns, but you are so good at defending with your Grammy rolls, with the way you stand back up. You never settle on bottom. Doesn't matter what you do on the feet. If someone takes you down, you have the answer. You went in there. It looked like you went in there thinking if I get taken down, I'm going to lose. No, look at what you did in that first round when he was fresh and you were fresh. Believe in that, believe in yourself, believe in what you can do. And I don't think people can beat you. That's how damn good you are. He just didn't believe in himself. And he let the, he was so afraid of getting taken down. Didn't think every, every takedown he'd be able to get back up. He didn't fight to his potential. It cost him the fight. It was a close fight, but I mean, Arnold Allen just didn't pull the trigger. And that's what gave, around, mm-hmm. gave away those rounds like he did with the Max Holloway situation, like you said. John, yep. I'm not taking anything away from uh Evlov, but very good fighter. I didn't see what I needed to see out of him either. Like he needs to be a little, he needs <laughs> to be a little bit more. Like when you're, when it was a, it was a good fight, but you squeaked out a fight. You squeaked out a win over a very tough fighter. I think he was a very promising fighter. Both of you guys are very good. I think they'll end up meeting again down the road. Sure. But I need to see more out of Evlov. I need to see more in terms of got to put the combinations together better. You need to look like you're trying to finish the fight. It's a lot of control. It's very, um, it's just very wrestling centric. I get it, but a little bit more damage. Yeah. You know, people want to say, like, oh, yeah, he's like the next Khabib. He's boring. This not. that. I'm sorry, but Khabib had some of the most vicious ground and pound I've ever seen in
0: my life. Hold on. Hold on. This is where. I, I mean. I, I don't. I, I say this with all due respect. I don't have Khabib as my greatest of all time no. based upon how long he was yeah. championed and how many title fights he had there. You know, it's hard with the way other guys had their career, but I've said it time and time and time again, I have never seen or been in the cage with a fighter that was more dominant in every damn round that he fought Than Habib. So, how can you be that dominant and be boring?
1: You're not. We have to go back to like people say, oh, he's just wrestled to fuck you and just that. But Evelof, he's got to work on his ground and pound. He's got to do more damage. He will get there. He reminds me of a young Habib. He does remind me of a young Habib. Habib was very controlling in his earlier fights, but as he got more comfortable, his ground and pound definitely increased. And it got Absolutely. became a lot more vicious. If you don't believe me, ask Michael Johnson. So did his talk. Yeah, his talk and his energy, his belief in himself and knowing how good he was. So I look forward to seeing more of what um Evaloff does. But then the same thing with Arnold Allen. I'm looking forward to seeing you utilize it, weaponize all your tools. Your cardio is a tool. You if you have that much energy going into the third, that much energy going into the fifth with Max Holloway, with Max Holloway of all people, pull the yeah. trigger use your cardio as a weapon these fighters that you're fighting right now are not quite there they are getting close but you have that conditioning that cardio more so than they do right now from what i can see
0: use it you're in shape all right let's talk about the third round knees to the head of someone scraping their hand on the ground what'd you think go ahead john this is your era man i mean like look it really (laughs) it really comes down to
1: what are the rules in yep. that state or that country whatever you know what are the rules that's one they do change you know um i would like to see that if we just start kneeing people in the head i don't give a shit like that's what i would like to see just get get yeah. rid doesn't matter you're always you're never grounded knees are illegal knees are legal to hit you in the head at any time that means you got to move that's what i would like to see but in this scenario i
0: i'm going to tell you i'm right with you yeah <laughs> Cause so we don't have to answer questions like this. Well, it all comes down to this and it it is the problem. And I'm, I'm saying this because we have a rule set that everyone thinks covers the sport around the world. It doesn't. Okay. We have too many provinces. That's a province up in Canada. We have too many States that have their own variation of rules. This is what happens when you have these variations and this isn't a real variation because back in 2016, we changed the rule to be, all right, we're, we don't want someone being able to try to use a rule to protect themselves. Use your skill, not a rule. And so putting one hand down to the ground. 2016, we got rid of it. We said, all right, you want to, you want to be on your feet and say you're grounded. You got to put both hands, either fists down or palms down. So what we're telling you is don't do that. That's a stupid thing to do. Either drop your ass down on the ground, put your knee down to the ground, whatever you want to do to make yourself grounded, fine, but don't put both hands on the ground because that's limiting you far beyond what the one hand is. And it was working. And then we had people who didn't like a rule change. And so they actually moved it back. And so now it's back to one hand. And now it says bearing weight because back when I was refereeing, I came up with, all right, it has to be bearing weight because it was ridiculous. I had people putting one little fingertip down, okay? So I came up with my own fucking variants of it, and everyone went with it, so it worked. But it's about time for all these regulators to quit being their own little kingdoms and get their shit together and make it to where a referee as good as Mark Goddard is in a position where... He's looking at that going, all right, you're trying to utilize the rule. You're playing with the rule. I'm not going to take points away from Arnold Allen, but I can't allow Arnold Allen to continue to knee to the head while your hand's actually touching the ground. It's bullshit. You're putting that referee in a position where they can't win, and you're making it to where people can then say there's controversy when there should never be because Arnold Allen in that position should have been able to knee the shit out of his head i agree with you we ran into the same problem with uh tim elliott and
1: um uh muhammad oh, musayev yeah, was it musayev uh, yeah. yeah so him like yeah. we ran into the same problem there he kept playing the game yep. kept playing the game and
0: got in need and then it, was cha- it changes the it changes the direction bullshit. of the way the fight goes i think we no, look i i can tell you you know <laughs> back in 2000 2001 okay was when we went and did the unified rules. We did them in the state of New Jersey. Was where we met for it. And when it came down to it, they wanted to you know make it very much like boxing, where in boxing anything more than the soles of your feet touch the mat, you're a down fighter. And so we said okay. So anything more than the soles of your feet, you know, and thought all right, it won't be a problem. And the very f- first time I saw someone take a one finger and put it straight down and touch the mat and just leave it there. I went, oh, shit, we're in trouble. And that fucking rule yeah. has been trouble for over 20 years.
1: Yeah, no difference than no different than this stupid fucking rule. This oh, 12 ridiculous. to six elbows. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. With that. Come
0: on, you're dangerous with those. <laughs> yes. Josh Thompson. yes, I am.
1: Yes, I am. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, okay, so um, John, look, there's not there wasn't a lot of great fights in the in the there was some good fights in the prelims not a group. there was but, so i want you to pick out your top four five pick out your ones that you really enjoyed
0: well okay go i'm back. gonna i'll go straight go back up straight out you you got to give me sarah Hayes today against oh, yeah. ramon tavares that was a rematch based upon a uh mistake and the referee you know said i made a mistake mm-hmm. you know it was an early stoppage in it but it was clear that today was the winning that fight when that happened but Boy, did those guys put on a performance. great fight. Both, both of those guys went after it. This is what we're talking about when you're saying these guys were out there not trying not to lose. They were trying to win. And you could see it in the way they were fighting. And I thought it was a phenomenal performance by both. Best fight of the night. So I thought it was fight of the night also. But for some reason, the UFC gave
1: fight of the night to Strickland and uh, DDP. Bullshit. And I was like, this fight was the best fight of the night.
0: By far. By
1: far, it was the best fight of the night. They were scrapping back and forth. It was a split decision. I mean, like, these guys laid it on the line. Let it all hang out. It was an absolute great, great fight. Uh, you know, scroll up a little bit more, Dave, there. There you go, right there. So, the um, the Sean Woodson fight and Charles Jourdain fight did not live up to the hype. This, we've ran into this problem a couple times, but what a mistake, though, to announce the wrong winner. John... <laughs>
0: Okay. Whose fault is that?
1: I I don't know. I don't okay. know because...
0: Because it's one of two. Because
1: Buffer announced it, and then DC looked at Buffer and goes, no, 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 Jordan. He's I heard Jordan in my ear. It's, or not Jordan, but uh, Woodson in my ear. So he said... I heard Woodson. Yeah, so J- yes. DC tells... Buffer, Buffer goes, Buffer got that, that deer in headlights look like, I got this in my... Whatever it was, so... <coughs>
0: and i don't i i can't i can't no. blame bruce no. it may have been bruce's fault you know and, and it can happen jesus christ you do enough of them mm-hmm. you, you get twisted but bruce gets his information from the scorer's table they have a sheet there and they hand him a thing that's got the scores on it here's your winner and they circle it i don't know if that person circled the wrong one and and bruce read it that way or if bruce just screwed it up but it's it's a horrible position nah. if you're Charles Jordan it's horrible because you think you won the fight and all of a sudden you're told no you didn't you know so you think you're getting cheated if you're Sean Woodson you're like you know you saw Sean Woodson's face mm-hmm. when he first when they first called that out and it was like you know, I mean I thought Sean Woodson won the fight yeah I thought it was close breath I, I gave it to Woodson and I actually you know, really like Charles you know Charles Jordan and I was like oh man he, you know, they gave it to okay and I, I was almost like well that's almost like a hometown but it's really well i'm not going to mm-hmm. say that and then all of a sudden you know would they say no woodson's yeah. the winner it's like it's a horrible position it's happened you know mm-hmm. before happened with matt sarah and uh god it was it dean thomas mm. you know it happened a long, a time, long ago time ago and you know ufc oh yeah you know and it's it happens but it should never happen.
1: It reminded me when I when, human when it area. first happened. I, I don't. I'm not blaming anyone because I look. There's so many different no, ways. You don't know.
0: Put I it don't this know. Way. I don't know
1: where which way. Even it went if from. it was said into Bruce's ear, sometimes what you guys maybe you guys don't understand is that your earpieces cut in and out all the time. You can get half of it because of the noise. It could be super loud. You don't know who's. You know. You don't know if you heard it come out of the crowd. You don't know if you heard it come into your into your earpiece. Sometimes your earpiece just shuts off. You know how many times, like where all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden I'm hearing in my earpiece, I'm up on the mic and I'm talking. All of a sudden, my Josh, go to yeah, go to, and and then you're like, huh?
0: (laughs) Uh, Like nothing, zero there. Yeah,
1: or or you're picking up stuff inside the truck that does has nothing to do with you. And yeah, they're talking true. about so and so's about to sudden, They're,
0: they're <laughs> counting down, and you go, I know there shouldn't be a count Yeah, what's here? going
1: on? <laughs> they could be talking to the back fighter ops, getting somebody else loaded up for the next fight who's supposed to be walking out. Yeah, so and so's in the loading deck ready to fight. You know, I, like you're hearing that, and that's the name that comes up. And so I'm not gonna blame anybody, but this reminded me of the Steve Harvey situation with um the Miss Universe where he read off the wrong name and it was actually supposed to be someone else. First thing I thought of was Steve Harvey in that situation. So (laughs) that sucks. That sucks. But uh, you know, the right person won. I agree with you. I thought Sean Woodson should have won the fight. Um, You know, I want to go to the, um, the other fight though, that to me, I thought was basically the performance of the night was Jasmine. uh, How do you say her last name? Uh, Yeah. John boy, just, just dominant. Dominant from okay. the moment that you said this last week i've seen i've I, I've seen her fight, but I didn't really recall like how dominant she was or how good she's been. This was probably one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen. out of a female fighter, period, just and I mean at some point i I texted you and I said in going into round three, they were in, in between rounds two and three, and I said, if I'm that corner, if I'm uh, uh cochera's corner, I would yeah. be sane. You, got you th- have you got 30, 30 seconds, seconds to, to a minute something. to show me that you can win this fight. And yeah. it wouldn't amount. Like, I didn't care. Like, you. And, and in 30 seconds, she was taken down and she was dominating. I was like, okay. T- I would have just thrown the towel in. There was just no reason for her to keep taking the beating she was taking.
0: I mean, I, I'm not positive. I know that, that they do have the, the totals out there, but it's, it was somewhere around 283 landed strikes to four. Come on. Now that. You gotta take a look. You know, obviously the first round, 10-8. Sal Diamato gave a 10-7 yes. on that second one. And you gotta look and say she was knocked down. That's how she got put onto the mat in the second round. And she was just absolutely dominated. There was submission attempts. Yeah, she didn't give into it, but she took shot after shot after shot. I'm trying to see right here. My God. Yeah. Three hundred and twenty-six total landed strikes i mean that is 300 more strikes landed by one fighter than the other this isn't and this is where the same let's be honest the same fighter priscilla koshera that's the one who when mario yamasaki had the whole thing and then he gave i let her be a warrior which was the stupidest thing to say ever but against jevchenko she was the fighter that took that that was the end of mario being in the ufc here she is again, and, and that damn referee did the same thing. It's like you're looking, you say, look, there comes a point. As the referee, your responsibility is, as they will say, the health and safety of the fighter. Well, you cannot keep someone from being damaged in a fight. It's going to happen when, especially when you have a competitive fight like a, you know, a DDP versus a Sean Strickland. Both of them are damaged, you know, to, based upon, you know, shots landed nothing you can do about that. That's that's the sport. But unnecessary damage is what you're responsible for. And when you take a look at this, and you can see, I have a, I have a fighter who in the first round eh, was on her feet for maybe 45 seconds and then was taken down and just dominated. And I know if I'm the judge, it was a 10-8 round. And then I go into the second, and I have it happened even faster and more where it could be. All right. It's at least a 10, eight, possibly a 10, seven. Cause I, you know, it's always as the judge, as soon as that round ends, you should know who is getting the 10. Mm-hmm. Your only thought process is what am I giving the other person? Nine or less, mm-hmm. you know? And in that one, Sal, model, you know, th- his thought process, I'm giving a seven. That's how dominant it was. Well, if you're the referee, there comes a point where you, As the third round is going, does this person have the ability to win this fight on the cards? No. There's no freaking way it's impossible. Okay. Has she shown that she has the ability to win it by a submission? No. Nothing in there has shown she's in any way had any control. She's been underneath and hasn't done anything besides accept damage. Is there any way that she can win this by knocking her opponent out? John. I would have said maybe, the, maybe in the. Oh my God! Please stop. John, Take John, a look. John, if you John, go, John. go back to the third John, round. That's why and watch her
1: throw punches. That's why I said I give you thirty seconds to a minute in the third round. <laughs> okay. I will give you that until There's, you end up on your there, back.
0: I mean, and in an, I don't blame her. Yeah. She had taken so much yeah. damage. There's no pop. There's nothing there. Every punch was telegraphed. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to see what was coming and you look and you go, Hey, I'm gonna get you out of this fight because there's no way for you to win this. Yeah. It's just not your night. Okay. Eventually we had to have a submission hole put on by Jasmine, mm-hmm. who fought a phenomenal fight. Congratulations to her.
1: I thought she had performance of the night. I thought go back oh, go yeah. back to the fight card, please. I thought um that Tavares and City uh they got fight of the night. They should have got fight of the night. You know, uh, there was a lot. There was some good fights, some good performances uh, throughout the night.
0: Jillian Robertson had a great she performance. Did. She did. She really looked, you know, man, she you know, she sticks with what she's good yeah. at. And, and that's where I really enjoy watching her fight.
1: When you, I, this is not a knock on female uh, ladies MMA or females MMA. Is that they are still not at the level of the men because they've come into the sport. What? 15, yeah. 18 years, years yeah, 18 years later or 15 years later, something along those lines.
0: Well, let, let, let's be honest. Well, I, I won't say, it. I'll say that they, you know, they started it, started it at least seven years behind. Yeah,
1: Yep. And what we've seen right now, John, is what I'm seeing is that we're seeing kind of what we saw during the Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz era. During that era, we're seeing that there's, there's these here, there's these females here at the top and there's a huge yep. gap between the top two and three to the next four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that's what we saw during Frank and Tito and, and Chuck. And there was like, there was Chuck and Tito. And then there was a huge gap between the rest. There was Matt Hughes. And then there was like George St. Pierre. And there was a huge gap between the rest. It was just, there was guys that came and went. There were the flashes in the pan. That's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing that era of females MMA, which is a big jump They're They're up there. And they're just going to get over that threshold on that and uh, and that next level. They're going to end up getting there. It's just that that's where we're at right now. We're seeing the dominance top one, two, and three. So those other females that want to get to that level, they're going to have to make some adjustments. They're going to have to basically either commit fully to this. I mean, we saw with uh, Young Jacek, she was leaps and bounds above everyone else because she was so dedicated to the craft. She was was good at takedown defense, good off of her back. She was good on the feet, so good with her striking. You know, um, you're going to need that, that level of commitment from all of these females at, at a young age now because the days of them coming in at 30 years old is not going to happen Them be successful, be rare. They're going to have to start at a young age, 18, 19. I think what the next generation of what we're going to see is like Frank Mir's daughter.
0: She's, uh, there, I was just going to say, we'll take a look at Bella Mir. She's going to
1: smash people.
0: Yeah, I, because she's been doing yeah. it now. You know, she's, she's been doing jujitsu and wrestling her whole life. She's been doing MMA, not competitively, but been doing you know training and fights in the gym since she was 13, 12 years old. Now she's been doing amateur since she was sixteen. She's a college wrestler right now. Stand by.
1: She's na She's gonna be nasty, man. She's has uh, oh. got an NIL deal with the UFC, basically, yeah. and she wrestled at University of Iowa. She's a she's an absolute animal. So I'm looking forward to seeing,
0: dude. I, you know, it was funny was I was watching the. Uh, tennessee volunteers versus the iowa hawkeyes was was they were in the bowl game against each other and you know how they they'll play a commercial for the the school and mm-hmm. you know all the things and who do i see on the Iowa one that you know all of a sudden they're showing get her hand raised Bella uh, and me i went Man, hey, there's bella that's awesome she's awesome too she's a little quiet for me i like someone a
1: little bit more yeah, outspoken but she's very quiet nah, she's, she's a sweetheart though yeah. very nice very nice uh
0: all right guys wait well, actions hey, uh Action. Action! This is very true. Actions speak louder than words. That's Bellamir.
1: That's why I always had to yell because my actions weren't very loud. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. We want to thank you guys so much. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the little bell and the notifications. Get our notifications to be dropping some more news this week on this channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up if you guys like this show. Like I said, this show is all about the fight talk. We broke it down a little bit more in depth on this fight card. We give you the hymns and the haws and all the other stuff that came along with this fight car, But overall, you know, I mean, if you're going to rate this card, what would you rate it?
0: Oh, uh, I would have rated this car a six.
1: I, you know what? God, great minds think alike. I was going to say a six as well. I'm usually a little harder in the paint, but guess what? Because yeah, it was the first pay-per-view of the year, a lot of pressure for these guys to come out and fight. And we just were so deprived of fighting. I was happy with the fact that they were on. So I gave it a six. But uh, okay. I've normally probably given it a lot lower. But. Overall, hopefully you guys enjoyed this content, and we will be doing more content throughout this week. Make sure you guys tune in to Gilbert Burns' interview. That is also on our main channel. Hit that subscribe button. Go to wayneandmerch.com. Pick up some of our hoodies and our sweaters and everything, and hats available there. Thank you, guys. John, take us away.
0: For everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed the fights. I hope you enjoyed our breakdown, and we will see you. Chiefs!